Hi, I'm Adrienne Schneer, Advancement Coach and Strategist, Lawyer and Professor, and you're listening to the Advancement Spot Podcast, the podcast all about academic and professional skills, strategy, and mindset to help you make big moves to achieve a life beyond your wildest dreams. If you're looking to accomplish more and take your next steps with supportive and experience-informed strategies, look no further. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Advancement Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Schneer, and I'm so grateful that you have taken time out of your busy day to spend some here with me. Today, what I want to explore with you are my top three non-negotiables for standardized test studying. So whether it's the MCAT, whether it's the LSAT, I want to share with you my top three non-negotiables. And trust me, I have experience writing standardized tests. I have written the MCAT. I've written the LSAT twice. I've talked about that. And I've written the bar here in Ontario to become a licensed lawyer. And so I have quite a bit of experience with standardized tests. I've also been through a lot of schools. So I've been through a ton of exam periods. If you're new here, I'll I'll just let you know that I finished my honors bachelor's of arts. I have a master's degree, a master of arts. I have a PhD and I also have a law degree and I am a licensed lawyer as well. And I run a law firm called Schneer McKenzie Law with my partner and also COO of Apply Yourself, Jonathan McKenzie. So I've been through a lot of exam periods as a student and I've been teaching for almost maybe even over now 13 years or so. And I'm faculty at York University here in Toronto in the School of Health Policy and Management and the School of Global Health and the Faculty of Graduate Studies. And I'm faculty at Osgoode Hall Law School. And so not only have I been through many exam periods as a student, but I've also been through many exam periods as a professor. And So I have seen not only what is needed as a student when I was still ironing out my own test-taking skills, whether it's exam or a standardized test, but also I've seen from the other side of things as a professor, what students need most during stressful times, especially times that you're studying for standardized tests, which are different than regular exams or midterms at university. And the way that they're different is one big difference, which is that standardized test studying is much more prolonged, much more prolonged and requires much more endurance by you. You know, we have been, I've been there where, you know, you have, you know, four exams or six exams in an exam period, depending on your course load and depending on the semester. And you get so swamped with studying that you end up sometimes studying a day or two in advance. Sometimes, uh uh-oh, do we stay up all night the night before pulling an all-nighter for an exam the next day? I've seen it happen and it's not healthy. And so this, obviously, there are strategies that we've talked about on this podcast before for exam strategies, for exam studying strategies, tips for studying for exams. And 
standardized test studying, you can't do that. You cannot cram. There is no such thing as cramming for the LSAT or the MCAT or the DAT. So really what you have to do is treat it much more like a job. A job, depending on what you need for the different sections, it may you may treat it as a full-time job, you may treat it as a part-time job, depending on what works for you and what level you're at and, and how much work you need to, to be doing on it. But importantly, the studying that you need to be doing regardless is sustained for months. I've seen the most successful timeline for studying for a standardized test is anywhere between four and six months. Sometimes we need to rewrite. That's not a shameful thing. We've talked about it here before. We'll link to those episodes in the show notes. But it is not a shameful thing to have to rewrite your standardized tests. And so sometimes you need to go through that very first exam experience to learn from it and to know what you need to do better the next time. We have a member right now who is purposely writing it twice, the LSAT twice. The first time they are studying for it, they're working with one of our coaches, and they're planning on writing it a second time just to give themselves time and space in case they need to do it. And I think that's a great strategy because then you're not stressing that you're cutting it close to the deadline for when your standardized tests are accepted. And instead, you're planning on writing it more than once, giving yourself the time and the space to spend the energy that you need and to also take the pressure off in order to do your best. So here we go with my top three non-negotiables for studying for standardized tests and making sure that you are healthy in a sustainable way doing it. Number one, sleep. Sleep is absolutely non-negotiable. And I mean quality sleep that you actually feel restored from. Not, oh, I'm going to take a nap here. I'm going to take a nap there. And, you know, on the balance, I've seen naps actually be more harmful than good in almost every case in adults. So instead, we work on getting better, full, good nights of restful, restorative sleep that will allow you to be sustained throughout the day and also allow you to go to bed at a reasonable time with a perfect study strategy that allows you to feel good about the progress that you're making and allows you, as I said, to sleep and engage in other activities that you do anyway. So sleep is a big one. Sleep is important for many reasons. I don't need to refer to all of the sleep literature, all the scholarly literature on the benefits of sleep. You can look that up. But if you do want resources to read on sleep, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram and I will send you, or by email, you can send me an email, adrian at applyyourselfglobal.com. And I'll send you resources, scholarly evidence-based literature on sleep, the different sleep states, how your brain cycles through the different sleep states at night, and why that's beneficial for short-term and long-term memory and for skills development and for sustaining that skills development over the course of your life. So sleep is the number one thing. So much happens in your brain when you are sleeping in an actually good sleep cycle that is sustainable. Number two, 
is physical movement. You don't have to go for an intense jog. You don't have to, you know, let it all out at the gym. You can do shorter bursts of physical movement that restore you, that restore your mind, that help with that back pain from sitting at a desk where you're moving around in a way that is beneficial for you and your mindset. And this is so important. We cannot sit still. Our bodies are not meant to sit still. So, for example, when I was in school and when I was writing the MCAT and the LSAT times two and the bar here in Ontario, and any time I was in school, including when I was doing my master's, my PhD, including when I was defending, doing my comprehensive exams, including when I was defending my dissertation, including when I was doing my research, including when I was in law school, even during exam time during law school, I always did one thing with, and that was a non-negotiable, and that was going to the gym. It helped me be more efficient when I was sitting down It helped my mind because I could have a break from studying. It also allowed me to have some social time with people that I actually liked at the gym. I had a really great social circle at the gym at the time, and it was a really great support for me. And so I didn't just, you know, go to the gym and do like independent workouts. I actually was doing workout classes. And this was for many reasons. Number one was I think enough during the day that I don't want to think about what I have to do next in a workout. And that's still true today. The next reason that I went to the gym for gym classes is because they were set at set times. And so if you're going to the gym to do a workout during a set time, you know that you have to be there on time. And you also know that there's an end time. And that was really important for me because I could plan my study time. I could plan my dinners. I could plan my driving time. I could plan all the time that I needed around that gym time. And I sustained that schedule all through articling, all through every single thing that I did after that. And that was it's a really important thing to be able to have a really reliable start time and end time for your time at the gym. It allows you to know that you're getting something accomplished. It allows you to know that someone else was leading the workout and you didn't, you know, slack off or whatever, you know, sometimes we don't feel up to it in the moment, but then, you know, we get there, for example, into the classes and you're feeling the energy of everybody else and you work a little bit harder than you maybe would have by yourself. Or maybe you just enjoy being there for that time. Now, of course, I'm speaking from personal experience here where I prefer to have an instructor. I prefer to be held accountable during a workout class. I also obviously do workouts uh, on my own, but they're certainly not as fun. You know, you like the music that they pick, the moves are good. You get to pick your, the, you know, your weights that you're using or your bands that you're using or the level of intensity that you're doing. And so that was really beneficial for me. And also it allowed me to do more than one class. So sometimes you'll know this if you go to the gym on your own is sometimes what happens, or at least for me, is that you end up spending either, you like either sort of do things faster, you rush through a little bit. So you're maybe not getting the full benefit of the full workout or you're a little slower that day. And so things take you a little bit longer. And so you end up getting frustrated because that time that you had planned to study 
you're spending doing those squats or those presses or whatever it is that you're doing, you're just operating a little bit more slowly. Or sometimes what we may do is use extra time at the gym to procrastinate a little bit so that we don't have to get back to studying so fast. And fair enough, I totally understand why. And it happens to everybody. So, you know, I'm leveling with you if this happens to you or if it happened to you just like it happened or happens to me. We're all human and I like to be held accountable. So you can do this by way of going to the gym. You can enroll in a workout program. You can do a workout app. Whatever works for you is what you should be doing. And as I'm saying, this also allowed me sometimes to do two classes at a time when, for example, there was like spinning and then weightlifting or barbell and then yoga or something like that, where I could pair classes together, where I would get a really good workout in, or I'd get really good cardio in, and then I would get in really good weights and resistance training or yoga and stretching and others and other varied workouts. And I also saw really great results from that. So my mind was being worked positively and my body was being worked positively too. But you don't need to engage in those classes, but you can. And they certainly helped me all throughout everything I did. But sometimes all it takes is a walk, just getting up and moving. Sometimes that walk may turn into a little jog for a block or two, and then you walk again and you can do some intervals. You really need to breathe fresh air. Your muscles need to move. They cannot stay stationary. You will feel like crap if you stay stationary and your mind will feel crappy too. So non-negotiable number two is physical movement. My third non-negotiable, and we talked about this in the podcast episode with our previous LSAT coach, Jacob McNair. He's now back in law school and we wish him so, so much success. But he, and one of the things that he and I talked about was the time to think. And so many of us underestimate the time that it takes for our brains to actually think through what it is that we're doing, letting our subconscious do the work. It is so vitally important that our subconscious has the time and the space to think and process and put our skills and our memory into short-term and long-term so that it's sustainable. You may have listened to one of our previous podcast episodes where one of our clients, one of our dear clients, Jaylene and I, did LSAT questions during mastering test prep live, and we turned it into a podcast episode. And I hadn't done, I'm not one of our LSAT coaches. Our LSAT coaches are expert in a way with the LSAT that I admittedly am not, and I'm okay with that. They are the experts, and I give them to you for your benefit. But Jaylene and I were found ourselves doing LSAT questions live, and the muscle came back really, really quickly. And we got every single question that we did right. And the way that we did that is that when I was developing my test-taking strategy, I did it really, really well. So that as soon as I was faced with a question, all of that skill, all of that strategy came back like riding a bike and it came naturally. And we got every question right. And we even had a little realization that you can listen to the episode for. But it was a great It was a great experience, actually, just personally, to be able to reflect on how I developed that skill previously and how it still serves me today. So if I had to go and write the LSAT today, I wouldn't have to study for three or four months. 
and you'll hear from Marco's episode, one of our other amazing LSAT coaches, you'll hear from his episode that he had a huge problem during a huge tech problem during his LSAT and he didn't study between his LSAT dates, one of his LSAT, between his first and his second LSAT date because his first LSAT date, anyway, listen to the episode for how that unfolded with Marco Kim but he didn't study between the first and second LSATs and he he did better. So this goes to show us, now, like I said in his episode, I don't know that I'd recommend doing that, but the point is that you don't have to start from scratch if you start to study again, if you've already built that muscle. So time to think is one of the most important components of studying. And that goes not just for standardized test studying, but also for exam studying, for considering what you're learning, even in a non-test environment in law school, in medical school, in dental school, you need time to think during a master's program, during your undergrad program, your PhD, at work. You need time to think. So those are my top three non-negotiables for standardized test prep studying. Number one, sleep. Number two, physical movement. And number three, time to think. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what are your non-negotiables in your standardized test studying or just your sustainable, healthy course of business as you move to succeeding all of your goals. I would love to hear from you. DM me at applyyourselfglobal or send me an email, adrian at applyyourselfglobal.com. I can't wait to hear from you and thank you so much for stopping by today And don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe to our podcast. We so appreciate it and share it with somebody who you think would benefit from these tips. All right, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Advancement Spot podcast. If you heard something today that helped you get one step closer to achieving the amazing life you want, and you'd like to learn more about working with me, I'd love to hop on a call with you to see how we can help you. So follow me on Instagram at applyyourselfglobal and send me an email at hello at applyyourselfglobal.com. I'd love to hear from you. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode, leave this episode a review, and share this episode with somebody you think needs a boost of inspiration and actionable tools to help them succeed. Thanks for joining me and see you next week.